Hey, good morning. Welcome to Community Church on this, again, another Sunday. And I want to share something with you as we begin. We're about to worship, but this worship is not designed to make you feel good. There's a practical intent. And I've said this again and again, and if you've heard it and you're sick of it, I'm going to say it again. Because worship is not here for our pleasure. It's for his. But more than that, more than that, there is a colossal global battle going on right now. There is a vying, a competing for influence in the earth by the powers of darkness. And the only thing standing between Satan and the kingdom of darkness, the only thing standing between people getting saved and not getting saved, the only thing standing between people getting spiritual breakthroughs in their lives and not getting breakthroughs is a manifestation of the glory of God. When we worship, When we worship in spirit and truth, we open up a door that allows an atmosphere to come into the realm of the earth. And we're promised that one day that atmosphere will cover the earth fully. It will cover the earth, the Bible says, as the waters cover the sea. So if you're sitting and you're watching, I don't want you to look primarily for an emotional experience, though you might get that. I don't want you to be looking for a personal breakthrough, though you're probably going to get that. I want you to be part of opening doors, opening the gate of heaven in order to close the gates of hell. Father, I pray today, let there be a release and let there be a revelation across this nation and this region that churches are not gathering just to feel good about themselves. Father, that we're here to manifest a kingdom where we're here to bring the glory of God that will manifest the conquest of the nations so that we'll say the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. Worship with us with faith this morning. I want to encourage you to enter into this moment because this is not just a song. This is a time for faith. This is a time to declare the end from the beginning. It's the time to say, listen, this is what I believe. I believe that the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord. And there is a manifestation of life coming that is going to consume the works of darkness on a scale we've never imagined. The world, its media, its sound, its voice is trying to get you into pessimism. It's trying to get you to believe and capitulate to darkness covering the earth like a shroud. But I'm telling you, the opposite is happening. I'm telling you that a light is shining now, brighter than any before, ever before, and that light is going to consume the works of darkness, that the sons of light and the daughters of light are rising up in the earth, and they will run, they will, in, in, they will possess the gates of their enemies. They will rise with such a faith to see the manifestation of the lightnings and the glories of the Lord. They will dismantle. Come on, 
They will dismantle. They will dismantle the structures of darkness that keep the nations under the veil of darkness. This is the faith that the enemy is petrified about seeing rise. He has seen it begin to rise in the sons of light. People are beginning to believe the light is going to win. Release your sound. I want to share with you the picture that I'm seeing. When you have a city under siege, when nations are at war, and you have people who are starving and cut off from the supplies that will give them life, the military strategy is, let's see if we can open a corridor. Let's see if we can open uh, a line of supply to that city in order to keep the people from perishing. (laughs) I have a sense that God is increasing our awareness of this dynamic, that every nation, every city, every place, that the warfare that's happening is there is a curtain of darkness. There are cities under siege by principalities and powers. But the church is charged with the goal of relief bringing release, bringing supply, bringing life, bringing truth that suspends that canopy of darkness. And we, in measures, we have success. So those supply lines open up for a period of time, but then somehow they get closed. But here's, here's what happens, is if we can just keep it open a little bit longer. Right now, in worship, we have opened a supply line. I see activity coming from heaven to earth. Because worship in faith has made a way. You see, this is how God uh, labors with us. We are co-laborers in the kingdom of heaven for establishing. There is abundant supply for everything you can think of. But it only comes when doors are open through faith. When doors are open through worship. So we say, Lord, let the supply come. We say, let the, let the caravans, oh, <laughs> let the angelic armies, messengers, be released to do the bidding of the Lord, to carry out the will of the Lord. Your kingdom come. Come on, participate with us. Release your faith. There might be something in your, in your need that's going to be answered today, but this might be about your city. This might be about your province. This might be about nations, other nations, or your nation. But we say, God, we will. We will keep this avenue open. We say, come, Lord. Let light and truth, let light and truth ignite in the hearts. Let light and truth ignite. Awaken! 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 Everybody who's watching, I say, let a spirit of revelation come on your house. More, more, more to your children and your children's children. More, 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 
more. Father, we declare today the escalation. (laughs) That you, the captain of the armies of heaven, are going to war against the armies of darkness on the wings of the worship of the church. Let faith increase in Jesus' name. The weapons of our warfare are becoming clearer to us and a people are being prepared for war on a scale that they've never known because the supply of heaven, let me tell you, the enemy has not seen or heard or even known. Never mind. I know we say, it says in Corinthians about, you know, the world. They have not seen or known or heard. But the enemy has not seen or known or heard. Now, Lucifer fell from heaven, and he saw a lot. He saw a lot. He thinks he's got a pretty good grasp on how God works, what's his plan, etc., etc. He's deceived. Things are going to hit him out of nowhere. You know, it says in John, it says the wind blows where it wills and no one can tell where it comes from or where it goes. That was said not only for the benefit of us (laughs) to explain the kingdom of heaven, but that was said as a hint to the enemy. Things are going to come out of nowhere. Things are going to come out like lightning from the sky that comes from the east to the west. You don't know where it's going to come from. You don't know its point of origin. You won't be able to trace it. And you're going to get hit again and again and again and again. We declare in Jesus' name consternation, confusion, befuddlement to the kingdom of darkness and to the camp of the enemy. Father, we say, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Oh. Let me tell you, folks, we don't gather just... Just to be sentimental, we gather because the weapons of heaven are released when we speak. We gather because the weapons of heaven are released when we worship, when we actually believe. When something happens on your life, when something happens in your community, when people start to get saved in droves, in waves, it's not an accident. It's not because God woke up this morning in a good mood. It's because the people of God have begun to lay hold of their own destiny. It's because the people of God have begun to believe. We open that door. He's always knocking. Jesus is always knocking on the door of the church, on the doors of hearts, on the doors of nations, always waiting. So, Lord, come into Canada. Thanks for joining us. I don't know how many of you are online. I don't know how many are viewing right now, but I want to say it's such a delight. I've been getting some emails here recently and uh, people asking for for more teaching, more speaking, more sharing about some of these things. I want to tell you, I feel like as the church, we we are more enlightened than we have ever been about what this is really about. I I feel like the church of Jesus Christ, the sonship, the maturity of, of the sons and daughters of the king are more equipped now than at any other generation. And though, though, if you take an individual and you contrast them against the heroes of faith of, you know, Smith Wigglesworth or, you know, whoever it is that is your hero of faith, Charles Finney or some, some evangelist, some apostle, whoever it is, you may think, well, yeah, well, they don't really compare to that person. But I, let me tell you, as a whole, 
as a whole, the mean level of maturity in the body of Christ is higher than it has ever been. You hear a lot these days about conspiracy theories. Anybody heard anything about conspiracy theories, right? 5G, uh, you know, my favorite one on the side of uh, nonsense has got to be the Flat Earth uh, Society, um, which I'll make mention of later. But, you know, there's all kinds of conspiracies out there. And uh, some of them are more believable than others. But I'm not here to address those conspiracies uh, to validate them or invalidate them. But I am here to say this. I am a conspiracy theorist. Yeah, I, I believe there is a cabal of darkness lurking in the shadows just behind, beyond the horizon of our vision and sight that is plotting for the overthrow of nations, for the enslavement of the peoples of the earth. I believe there is a plot afoot. I believe that there is a plan that is headed up by a despotic figure that is called uh, to, um, well, he is called Lucifer and Satan. So I am a conspiracy theorist, but maybe not the type you're familiar with. This one that I'm going to talk about today is not going to be splashed on the tabloids, and you're probably not going to be, see a lot of, you know, Facebook posts about this. But I want to weave together a picture for you about what it is that's happening in the earth and even, maybe even explain why it is, why it is that people feel suspicious. Why, why is there so many theories and ideas about secret societies and plots and, and, and uh, you know, streams of, of strategies to bring negative things into the earth? You know why that is? Because the earth is covered with a shadow, with a cloud, with a, with a darkness that has at its essence a plot for your undoing. There is at the core of this global agenda a plot to destroy and take away. I mean, Jesus said it this way. He said, I've come, uh, the, or he said, the enemy's come to steal, to kill, and destroy. What is that if not a conspiracy? What, are, what is that except for? He said, listen, there's this global mission that Satan has to steal, kill, and destroy. And so there's this shadow that's always biting at your heels, whether you're saved or whether you're not saved. There is this sense that you are being watched. There is this sense that you are being followed. But I want to tell you, it's, you don't have to be afraid of the NSA or the CIA or the FBI or whatever Canadian equivalent is out there. <laughs> but the one you have to be concerned about is the one that we have power to undo. We have power to undo. In fact, you could, you could synthesize our mission around this one main thing, that it is, our, it is our call, it is our duty, it is our responsibility to reveal the works of darkness and manifest them for what they are and to break people out of the enslavement of darkness. It is our mission to manifest another plot that is based on the righteousness of goodness of an eternal Father who loved us and gave His Son to die for us 
so that we can have eternal life. And this is the intent that Jesus shared when he said, listen, there is a general of darkness. There is a God of this present age. There is a God of this world. There is a spirit that works in the sons of disobedience that is plotting your undoing. But I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Wow. Anyway. I, I I spilled my hand. I, I you know I, I shared more than I was going to share right at the beginning here, but I, I because I, I wanted to I wanted to sort of creep into this, sneak into this, slowly make my way into this. But I just I just kind of spilled all the beans of where I was going. But I, I I'm writing a series of articles and uh, it's and the the heading of it is this: the mother of all conspiracy theories. And uh, the one true conspiracy theory no one's talking about. So the articles are coming out. I've got one finished. I've got another one on the way. And I'm excited about it because, well, I I believe it's going to shed some light, even on some of the unfounded paranoia that's in our society around 5G and, you know, whatever else it is around conspiracy theories. You know, um, out of hand, usually we just dismiss them, right? Because, because we think, wow, there's, there's no chance that these things could work. Uh, for example, I was a little surprised when I found out somebody I knew believed in the flat earth, or yeah, at least, you know, leaned towards the idea. I, I thought to myself, okay, you know, I, I don't know what to say about that. Occasionally, I, I, you know, I joke and jest with them about it. But, uh, but let's consider that for a second. Let's consider the whole notion of a conspiracy theory. What is it that makes conspiracy theories unlikely and improbable? Well, the problem with a conspiracy theory or any conspiracy is, is, is the conspiracy itself. You have, I mean, the goal of a conspiracy, you have to get, get people to conspire together, to collude together about something that is vast in its application. For example, a global conspiracy requires people to collude together globally. That means exchange of information. I can't hardly keep a dozen people from spilling secrets. You know, I mean, uh, if you, if, there's a funny story about uh, is it Chuck Colson when he's proving that the resurrection was real. One of his statements, and I can't remember the full statement, but he says, he's, he says, listen, you're trying to tell me that the 12 apostles or 11 or whoever it was, that group that was around Jesus, the closest to him, that they lied about his resurrection? You're trying to tell me that 12 people died for this lie, that they were crucified, some of them imprisoned, beaten, that they spent their life propagating a lie that they knew was a lie? He said, I was a part of a group of 12 in the Watergate affair, you know, most powerful men on the face of the earth at the time. He said, we couldn't keep a secret for more than a week. You know, so so you, the, the problem with any conspiracy, the problem with keeping any, the secret thing about secret societies is the secret part. And it's very hard to keep. And with, with widespread collusion, right, you have the challenge of people not spilling the beans in the know. So if you think about flat earth, okay, here's the problem. There are people in government, People in military, people in education, people in, in aviation, people in the space science industry. People, I mean, the, the, the list will go on and on who have firsthand knowledge that this is 
This, this, this is not a joke. They would all have to agree to be lying. Hundreds of thousands of people, literally, would have to be lying together. And then, of course, the even more problematic, problematic problem, problematic issue is for what reason? <laughs> what gains are being made here? You know, yes, the earth is not a globe. It's a, it's a flat disk. Yes, we're pulling the wool over your eyes. And for what reason? Anyway, so I jest a little bit, but, the, but I want to make this clear, is that there's a problem with the idea of conspiracies that, that, that they're, they're hard to maintain. But what about this other one that I've referred to? What about a global conspiracy? What, what is the level of collusion that must be had, that must be shared? How much information must be shared for this thing to work? Well, clearly some people have to be in the know. But what if, what if this thing could work? What if Satan could obtain your cooperation without your knowledge? What if you could be a part of a plot, a part of a sinister plan to enslave the nations and you don't even know that you're part of it? This is the essential framework of the world in which we know. If you're thinking about what is the worldview of Christianity, it begins with this part. It begins with the idea that, that we have been born into sin, that we've been born into slavery spiritually, we've been born into darkness, and that we are anchored and, and we have no ability to detach ourselves from that influence even if we want to. And this is reflected again and again in Scripture. Even Paul the Apostle talked about this process of detachment from this system of this world. He identified the system of the world. He, you know, John says as well, he said, listen, there's not, all that's in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. He said, listen, there are elements in the earth that bring you into captivity, and you have no way of detaching yourself by yourself, it has to be done by Jesus. But even then, Paul says, there is a process involved in detaching you from the anchors that are in your soul, from the anchors that are in your being that connect to that cabal of darkness. And he was frustrated, even in his own journey. So in Romans 6 and 7, he starts to talk about his own frustration. He said, listen, the good that I would do, I can't do. So it's not enough to be sincere. It's not enough to be conscious or aware or desirous. You, there, there's something at work that is bigger than your conscious mind. There's something at work that's bigger than your desire, your sincere, sincere hope. There's something larger. But what if, what if this were the case? Let's look at a couple of scriptures. First of all, we live in a supernatural world. The conspiracy I'm talking about does not have his, its roots in some dark space, some dark alley, some coven, some, you know, you know whatever label organizationally you want to put to this, Illuminati or whatever it is, it doesn't originate there. It rig- originates beyond the curtain of what I call the natural inside a realm that is spiritual. 
You see, uh, this, this effect, this defilement, this atmosphere that we're trying to overcome is in a realm other than the natural realm, which is why Jesus made his implications clear. He said, listen, I'm not here to set up a visible kingdom. I'm here to establish an invisible kingdom. I'm here, and I have messengers, I have angels, I have 10,000 angels I could call upon right now, and I could come down from the cross, and I could annihilate the Roman armies, I could do whatever. But I'm, my primary focus is not the undoing of the natural manifestations of darkness, but I am here to unseat the spiritual manifestations of darkness. And so we are primarily, firstly, preoccupied with undoing the spiritual dynamics at work. This is why God is looking for people that worship in spirit and in truth. Because the key, the power base of everything that manifests as evil or dark in the natural does so because of something that's active in the spiritual. And so, but specifically, Paul says this in regards to this, what he calls or identifies, not sorry, not Paul, Isaiah, I'm going to go to Isaiah 25. There's a scripture. And the Bible talks about this mesmerizing deception that holds the nations. Listen, this thing, this, this thing is so widespread. And this is, this is the tough thing about pride, the pride of man. And when you, you, when you are so clever and so intelligent, and when you have spent your life, and I understand, I've been around a lot of bright people, and they see, they see things nobody else does. They see things coming from a long way away. They are able to anticipate and pick up details and subtleties that many of us miss all the time. But the problem with being that clever is you begin to think you, begin to think you see it all. You begin to think that there's nothing beyond the scope of your vision. Nothing could be further from the truth. This blanket of darkness blankets the whole earth. It affects every man, woman, and child. It affects every natural law that you know. It is behind every societal structure. It is behind the order in which we have preferences, our tastes, our, our favorites, our desire. I mean, everything is affected by this. Nothing that is known or seen is unaffected by this. And so, Isaiah prophesies about this mesmerizing deception that keeps nations in captivity. And he says this, he says, and here's the good news, he says it in a prophetic word about the demise and the tearing down of this thing and these structures. I want to declare it right now. The structures of darkness... And there are structures in communities all across Canada and in the province and in this, this county. The structures of darkness all over this nation are about to begin to be shaken. They are about to begin to be shaken because there is a quality of faith that is beginning to come through the sound of worship in the people of God that is creating a different atmosphere. And I want to declare, let the impending sound, let the inevitable sound of the shaking of God be begin to rattle. Father, in the same way, Lord, that the earth and people have been struck with a paranoia over the the possibility of a grand conspiracy, I say, Lord, let the enemy begin to feel the footsteps at the door. Let them begin to feel the sense that they are being seen, that they are known, that nothing they do is actually in secret. Father, in Jesus' name, let the foreboding of the vision of the only eye that matters, the eye of the Lord, the eye of the Ancient of Days, sees 
I want to declare that the eye of the ancient of days sees. The eyes of God sees. And let the intimidation that comes with being visible, let the intimidation that comes from feeling like you are on camera, that you are being recorded, let it come over the powers of darkness in this land. In Jesus' name. I feel a kind of faith that's coming up. And it's not just going to be in the champions. It's not just going to be in the generals. It's not going to be in the notable names. There's always going to be notable names. But you know the prophetic words that you've heard about a faceless, nameless generation? It doesn't mean that there won't be some known. There will be known. But what it says, it says the power of the kingdom of heaven will not be relegated to a few. The power of resurrection for signs and authorities and breaking and casting out demons will not be limited to just a handful of unique individuals that are separate from the rest. Something is coming upon the family of heaven. Something is coming upon the people of God. Something is coming to a neighborhood near you. Yeah. I don't even know where that line comes from. But I just heard it. (laughs) Hallelujah. So here's the prophetic word. He says, and he will destroy on this mountain the surface of the covering cast over all people and the veil that is spread over all nations. Isaiah 25, verse 7. It is a prophetic word signaling the end from the beginning. It's saying whatever may seem to be prospering in this moment, in this hour, in this time, I am declaring, says the Lord, it shall not prosper. It shall not stand. Now, you can't separate yourself from the involvement that, is, that, that you have with this because the victory of this is going to start to come out of your spirit. It's going to start to invade your consciousness. It's going to fill your mouth with a new kind of language, a new kind of hope and declaration, a new kind of authority is entering into your song into your words, into the way you read Scripture, into the way you see Scripture, into the way that you perceive your destiny. Oh, I'm telling you, it's just going to get higher and higher and higher and higher, and the enemy is going to start. Have you ever felt sometimes, you people with a lot of kids, like you are being overwhelmed? You know, one comedian says, what's it like to have five kids? He says, well, imagine you're drowning And somebody hands you a baby. You know, if you've ever felt overwhelmed by circumstances and difficulties, and you've all felt it, you felt like the walls are closing in on you, I'm telling you that same feeling is coming to the kingdom of darkness, to principalities and powers. They're going to begin to feel like the walls of light are closing in on them. They're going to feel like things are unraveling and escaping their grasp, that they are losing influence, that they are losing traction. I declare in Jesus' name, your fears, your paranoia are not wrongly founded. This is the word of the Lord. 
Lord. This is the sound of heaven coming closer and closer to the earth. This is the gospel of the kingdom of heaven that the covering, the shroud of darkness, the canopy over the nations is about to be removed. Can you feel the faith in the room over this? God, let it rise up all across this nation. Let me read a couple of scriptures quickly because I know there are some people out there who maybe you think, yeah, well, no, 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 no. You might be like, like, like the, like the uh, Pharisees that Jesus was talking to and he talked about them being slaves, you know, servants of sin, servants of darkness. See, we were not born of fornication. We were born of, you know, from our father, Abraham. He said, no, you're, you're from your father, the devil, and his works do you do. What they claimed is what present people claim today. I am free. No, you're not. If you're out there and you're not a born-again Christian, you don't know what freedom is. You don't even know that you're in captivity. You've never known freedom. I'd love to use some lines from The Matrix right now, but most, some of you haven't seen it. But I'm telling you, you've been born into captivity, into slavery, and you don't even know what freedom is. But I tell you what, there's a word. Even right now, there's an authority on what I'm saying. There's an authority on what I'm saying. There's an authority on what I'm saying that is causing you to begin to wonder. And I say, in Jesus' name, let, let that sense of wondering, let, let, the li- let, the th- let the lines begin to fall in pleasant places, begin to connect the dots. You were born into slavery, but the name of Jesus Christ is coming to set you free. But this is what the apostle said about his own experience. He said this, when he was talking about, he was celebrating the fact that he was in slavery and now he's a part of this, this, this institutional thing called the kingdom of heaven, the church, that's, that has an agenda to liberate the nations. He, he said this, comparing his present state with his former state. This is what he says. He's talking about you and me all. This is, this is what we were like. It says, in the past, we once walked according to, to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we had our conduct, ourselves, we conducted ourselves in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as others. Let me lay it out. Simply, plainly, and clearly for you right now. Without Jesus Christ, you are subject to a force you don't even know exists. It's, it's kind of like uh, the forces that, that rule the universe. There's laws that rule the universe. There is a force called gravity that affects you whether you want it to or not, whether you know what it is, whether you can analyze it mathematically or not. And there is a even more sure force, the kingdom of darkness and the God of this world, influence and bring a weight to bear on the way you think, the way you desire, what you like. You think you're free? You are like a puppet on a string. You're just an intelligent puppet, but there's, a, there's an intelligence greater than your intelligence pulling the strings. And this is what Paul is saying. He says, I walked formerly according to a God, the God of this world, the prince of the power of the air. I, I was slave to conduct that came out of the lust of the flesh, out of the lust of the mind, out of the pride of life. I was manipulated by these forces. I thought I had complete volitional freedom, autonomy, but I didn't. I was, 
I was like the cat and mouse, and the mouse is scurrying, and the cat knows the moves of the mouse way ahead and anticipates them and knows them and has already got a plan. 2 Timothy 2, verse 25 to 26, says something very similar. But he adds in, listen, Christians, this, so this is our goal. This is what we are doing. Our goal is to set these people free. And so he's saying, listen, we must, in humility, correct those who are in opposition. What, should we not correct them? No, correct them. But there's a right way and a wrong way. You can do it arrogantly. And I know there's a lot of, a lot of people mistaking confidence for arrogance and boldness for arrogance. But humility is a thing in of itself. I'd love to preach on it. I'm still learning about it, though. In humility, correcting those in opposition, that God may perhaps grant them repentance, which is an ability to come out of what it is they're in, so that they may know the truth and that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil. Listen to this. Having been taken captive by him to do his will. The captivity of darkness and sin that's in the earth makes you a slave. An intelligent slave, maybe. And maybe you're not like the beast of burden. Maybe you're not like those pigs. Maybe you're not like the cows. They're caught and corralled, and, and we do with them what they want. But you're just, you're just a little bit higher on the spectrum of intelligence, but it doesn't mean you're not a slave. He said, listen, the truth will set you free, Jesus says. And Paul is saying, it is our goal to bring a manifestation of light that suspends that canopy of darkness so that for a second people might come to their senses. We are, we are engaging. When we worship, it's because there's a spirit of the power of the air at work suppressing your ability to think, suppressing your ability to function, to, to be unanchored to this world. And there is, but there is a freedom, there is a promise, and it's coming. It's coming and it's increasing. Because the whole earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. And the day is coming when that shroud, that veil of darkness will be forever suspended, broken. I'm about to close. Suspended, broken. Father, in the name of Jesus, we are grateful today that we are part of this. Father, if there are people watching right now that are not a part of this, I say, let the knowledge of the glory of the Lord come and touch them now, right now, right now, right now. Awake right now. Awake right now in Jesus' name to a hope and a future and a destiny you did not know was possible. Father, thank you that you've called us as joint heirs to see this kingdom. Lord, thank you for including us in the widening circle of light. Lord, conquer the earth. Take the kingdom of this world, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for being with us.